Well, and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, and the Lakers just lost badly to the Brooklyn Nets. The final score was, I should have had this pulled up before I started recording, but it was bad. <laughs> and I'm joined by Christian Rivas to talk about, uh, I don't know, the Lakers, other things. What's on your mind, Christian? Um, Honestly, not even like the loss. It, it's more like the reaction to the loss, but we'll get into that. There, there's a lot more to talk about before that. Um, so, I mean, otherwise I'm doing fine. Another day inside. I love it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the Lakers lost 109-98. The big story, obviously, is that not only did Anthony Davis not play in this game, which we were expecting, he is not going to be reevaluated until after the All-Star break from what the uh, – early injury report suggests, but the Lakers were also without Dennis Schroeder because of health and safety protocols. This is the second time this season that a Laker player has been subject to those. Uh, Alex Caruso missed a sizable road trip earlier in the season um, with health and safety protocols. So the Lakers, I would say, have been relatively fortunate uh, compared to other teams around the league in terms of how much they've been affected by the virus. But this was obviously a really bad night to be missing Schroeder, not just because they were already without Davis, but because he would have been their point of attack defender on Kyrie Irving. And turns out not having that is a problem. Yeah, that I I think, yeah, I think when you look at the makeup of this roster, obviously when you're missing Dennis and AD, the offense is going to become over-reliant on like guys hitting their shots uh, in many of the same ways it was last season. Like all of the talking points about the Lakers not having – uh, a ball handler outside of LeBron James is the same conversations we saw tonight. Uh, but yeah, I think the defensive end, if you can believe it, is where where the Lakers miss Dennis Schroeder the most on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, defensively, I, I kind of see the Nets similarly to the way I saw the Rockets last year, the first couple times the Lakers played them, and that they, they just have such an open floor. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so spaced out that it requires a certain level of discipline that is hard to achieve during the regular season because it's such a specific way that they run their sets. Right. And uh, it seemed like it took the Lakers a couple times before they got used to the way Houston was doing things. And then once they figured it out, it was like, all right, we're done here. But we're not at that point yet where the Lakers have that, you know, know how and intuition exactly how to defend this Nets team. And credit to them. They moved the ball really well. Uh, they took, let's see, they took how many three pointers, 20, 39, three pointers made 18 of them. So they did not hit 20 for the first time in three games. So, Hey, big whoop for the number one defense in the NBA, but it did seem like the vast majority of those 39 were wide open, especially every single one that TLC or Joe Harris took. So not a great night for the Lakers defense. I don't know if the Lakers have, uh, the three point contest just archived in their film room they should have just watched <laughs> joe harris three-point contest and say this guy do not leave I him i think open. he can shoot <laughs> yeah. uh but god hit, seeing uh tlc hit a pull-up jumper in transition over the lakers i think that's when i started writing my recap and i was like this this one's over <laughs> yeah i mean on balance, it doesn't really seem like 109 points is a lot to give up. But when you consider the fact that the Nets only put up 19 in the fourth quarter, 93 quarters, that's a bad number. That's yeah. the kind of thing the Lakers should not be conceding. And to me, like the defense was concerning, obviously, because this is a team that doesn't even have Kevin Durant yet. So can you imagine what kind of offensive firepower they would have when all those three stars are put together? But I was much more concerned about the fact that the Lakers could not score 
against what is one of the worst defenses in the NBA. Um, I, I'll leave it up to you where you want to start with that, Christian. What stuck out to you most from the offense event? I mean, the Lakers weren't hitting shots. Okay. Um, I think that's a good place to yeah. start. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James, even as crazy as his stat line was, 32 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, one of six from three. Mm-hmm. And after a little while that his setup for a step back and then all of them were hitting the front of the rim. And I was like, this is, this just isn't a three point LeBron night. Um, and you know what, what's weird is I think I, I saw a few people in my mentions talking about like Alex Caruso being or Alex Caruso and the rest of the Lakers guards being the problem because they weren't able to create their own shots and get the offense going outside of LeBron James. And it's like, where were you <laughs> last year? This is, did you think Alex Caruso was going to turn into Kyrie Irving against Kyrie Irving? I don't, I don't get it. Like we know what kind of players the Lakers are that the Lakers have around LeBron James. I think Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder and Anthony Davis, and you can throw Montrose Harrell in there too are the only players that are capable of generating their own offense. Uh, they try to throw, throw Quinn cook in there because he you just needed a shooter <laughs> adept at, at doing that. Sometimes Taylor Horton Tucker did his best bless his soul. Three of nine from the field just looked like he was having a rough go at it on both ends of the floor, as has been the case for a few games now. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, if, if Dennis and AD are out, you're going to need to hit shots. The Lakers <laughs> didn't. And it's as simple as that. Like I'm with you. I am not. I'd like, I fully expected Kyrie Irving and, and James Harden to get theirs. Um, Kyrie only ended the game with 16 points. So feels low considering what it looked like when I was yeah. watching, but <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you don't want Joe Harris to have 21 points. You, you cannot live with that. TLC having 15 is also, Indefensible. I feel like I'm uh, a Rockets podcaster right now. Uh, but... <laughs> Indefensible. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's not so much the Nets offense that worries me. It's it, it was the Lakers inability to punch back with mm. something of their own, which, again, not particularly, particularly surprising with with Dennis and AD out. But you still would have liked to see a little something, something from them. Uh, I did like the fact that. Once LeBron James like got a full head of steam going downhill, he would just be able able to blow past Jeff Green and whoever was in front of him. I think in a postseason matchup, you can probably expect to see a lot more of that. But again, we're we're not in the postseason. We're in the regular season. Lakers had like a two month vacation. Like <laughs> it's gonna be okay, I think. Yeah, I I mean there are a lot of ways that you can look at this game and realize that the Lakers did not take this matchup seriously. Like, <clears throat> sorry, uh, you know, in a in a postseason situation, I would imagine that if the Nets were starting small, that the Lakers would not start Marcus All. And we saw that in the second half where they brought in Markeith Morris to start the half instead of Gasol, yeah. and then lined up Gasol's minutes with DeAndre Jordan, which wonderful Lob City grit and grind throwback there. But that's you know conversation for another day. <laughs> uh, actually, we'll be having that conversation next week. But that's again. Um, you know, and then the fact that LeBron James is taking six threes when his jumper is not working is probably not a thing that he would be doing, especially considering he was able to get into the lane at will whenever he really wanted. 
um, you know, Qu- <laughs> Quinn Cook is not going to be playing real minutes if this was a you know postseason game. God bless Quinn Cook, but it's it's not a thing that would be happening. Uh, but yeah, like there there are definitely matchups and rotation decisions and just like schematic decisions that I feel like the Lakers would approach differently were this a playoff game. And you don't bust out those cards during the regular season. It's just it's not feasible when you play a team once and then move on to seventy one other games. So I don't I don't begrudge any of that. Like they were like you said enough signs of where. LeBron could create his own shot. And for the most part, I liked a lot of the looks that the Lakers were creating on three pointers. Mm-hmm. You know, Wes Matthews just bombed a couple wide open ones. KCP is in just an Arctic shooting stretch. Like w- what is wrong with KCP? Um, and let's see who else was missing threes today. You know, Kuzma 205. That's fine. Uh, like everybody ACO else just missed a couple, three. you know? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, at a certain point, you know, we talked about this a lot last year, how the Lakers just didn't have enough shooting and it ended up working out that like KCP was on a streak during most of the playoffs. And that sort of mitigated the fact that Danny Green kind of got cold and Alex Caruso wasn't a reliable shooter. And then Marquise Moore started hitting some threes. So like they just cobbled enough together to make it work. And then the start of the season, the Lakers offense was so overwhelming that we're like, oh, maybe it's not a problem anymore. I think it's still a problem. Yeah. And, you know, I the, I think the good thing and the bad thing is that if if last season taught us anything, perhaps there is a flip to switch with the Lakers in the postseason when it comes to, you know, their offense and their shooting. Um, I, I really don't know how that works with shooting. That <laughs> they know something that I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the bad part of, of them turning it on like that last postseason is that it they didn't really go into the offseason thinking that we need more shooting like they got they they got rid of Danny Green who you know wasn't hitting much in the regular season uh was not much better in the foot I was trying to give him his due credit somewhere but it's hard to you um I would say Danny Green to Wes Matthews is a lateral move in terms of the type of shooting <laughs> you're expecting from that position and, and that is not to be the disrespect Danny Green or Wes Matthews I'm just saying it's about the same level of threat I think when one of those guys takes an open shot less defense but that is that is not what we're talking about right now um I think Dennis Schroeder is an upgrade on Rondo in terms of shooting mm-hmm. ability I think Gasol is obviously an upgrade on whoever the Lakers are throwing out at center in terms of shooting ability so like theoretically the Lakers did add shooting. It just hasn't manifested itself the way I thought it would over this last month now. Yeah. And I honestly don't know how you fix it because I think the hope is that, you know, KCP looks as strong as he did in the postseason and, and the start of this season. If you're the Lakers, I think you're hoping that the all-star break is, is an opportunity for some guys to, get their legs back under them. I mean, excuse me, LeBron James, all of his three point shots were, you know, hit in the front of the rim, which usually is a sign of, of tired legs. And, you know, Wesley Matthews, a lot of his shots were, were also hitting the front of the rim. So you can chalk it up to just guys being tired and, and not being in a rhythm. Um, But yeah, I'm curious at what point do the Lakers say like they go knocking on Detroit's door and and, and say, "Hey, it's gonna take to get Wayne Ellington." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, pal? Remember us? We're much different than <laughs> you remember us. I, I gotta say, I give you like 
just so many plaudits for not saying Sfima like at the end of that sentence. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think that ship is remember we, us. We messed up. <laughs> we messed up, man. Reggie yeah, so- and Svi are uh, knocking down threes this year, yeah. and I've got you know the Lakers game log from the last ten games pulled up, and. Other than against Minnesota when they shot 11 of 26 from three and just what I don't even know if Minnesota plays what you could realistically call defense. Um, <laughs> and then against Atlanta, they shot, uh, what was it seven? I'm sorry. Against Detroit, they shot nine of 19. So in eight of their last 10 games, they have shot sub 30% on three pointers. Not great. That's, that's not good. Yeah. Um, that's not even like passable because the league average this year is about 38%. So you're leaving tons of points on the board by shooting that poorly. And we haven't even gotten to their free throw shooting, which like LeBron James taking a technical free throw shot is just such an indictment of the level of shooting that is on the floor. Um, even Kyrie Irving was making fun of him, but obviously that like would... not directly to LeBron's face because <laughs> that would require a certain level of gumption <laughs> that I think Kyrie Irving lacks. But anyway, <laughs> three-point shooting concerns me a little bit. Um, I do think that the Lakers internally can fix it. I believe Matthews is a better shooter. I believe KCP is a better shooter. Um, Even Mark, Mark. yeah, I think, I think Mark's probably a better, for some reason, there are at least two or three possessions per game where Mark pump fakes like three times before (laughs) he makes the three pointer. It's like, it, it's like somebody told him not to do it. And then he's like, ah, but I'm so open. I got to yeah. take it. Yeah. And um, he had a few possessions like that today. Um, what what did he end up shooting from three? Two, like or four. two or four. Yeah. That, that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would I like him would to like getting to... like six to eight threes up. I think right. he totally could within our offense, but. And I think, you know, I, I, I may have said this before, but um you know, I think when the Lakers signed Marcus All, the general expectation was that he was going to hang out behind the three-point line while Anthony Davis went to work in the paint and in the post and the passing lanes he was going to create were was just going to create this monster at the rim with Anthony Davis. And then Anthony Davis was like, well, hold on. <laughs> I like shooting jumpers too. <laughs> I like doing that just fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's – I think shooting is a problem that the, – the, the thing is, one, I am, like you, confident that and, – and Frank Vogel seems to be confident, too. He was asked about it the other day, and he was saying that, um, you know, when you look at the, the averages of, of the guys that are on the roster, uh, there's reason to believe that they'll figure it out eventually. And, and you know, the, he attributed the law of averages a lot last season. The <laughs> law of averages never applied to Danny Green. But I mean, right. I think actually, you're being far too hard on Danny Green. He when made you look perfectly you look the acceptable number of shots before yeah. he got coronavirus and then was not good during the postseason. <laughs> uh, when, when you actually look at his postseason averages, it makes some sense. But that's, again, not the point. Sorry, Danny. Uh, the point is, I, I, I think that is more of a concern than what people seem to think is the biggest problem with the Lakers right now, which is their center position. And forgive me, because I may rant a little bit on this, but I it it is driving me insane. Like both like local and national reporters, media, whatever you want to call them, seem convinced that the Lakers need more size up front. And I get in a pinch when you're missing Anthony Davis and Marcus All, 
it would be nice to have somebody like that. The idea that whoever the Lakers are going to sign for or sign or, or trade for uh, at the dead deadline or, you know, in the buyout market is going to get any minutes on this team. What, what games were we watching in the postseason last season? Like JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard just did not play in the Western Conference semifinals. Dwight Howard got some run against Nikola Jokic. In, and even in that the, was overblown just because of the whole absolutely. Joker, Batman, or Joker, Superman thing. Sorry. Yeah. Batman? And like, Wait. No, sorry. I, I, I've mixed the metaphor because Joker Dwight mixed and, the metaphor. Yeah, Joker and <laughs> Superman. It was always a, it was always a bad. <laughs> um, it didn't start with you. It started with Dwight. That's where the mistake was. Uh, but yeah, it's like the reason the Lakers were able to switch into another gear in game six was not because they started JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard together in the front court. I'm going to tell you that when the postseason rolls around, Anthony Davis will be playing a lot more center. Marcus all Anthony Davis and Montrezl Harrell is enough to carry you. Assuming they're all healthy at that center position. Why in God's name does everybody seem so convinced that the Lakers need another center more than they need, you know, a, a three-point shooting wing? I won't name any names. Trevor Ariza seems to be like a really popular one, but good Lord, I have watched some Trevor Ariza in the last two years, and <laughs> I, I think I had to consider a few more players before I considered him. But a Wayne Ellington, a Reggie Bullock, uh Sweet Makai Luke. I Just know, every single it's... player who has graced the Lakers <laughs> during the 2010s, the cursed 2010s. Meeks, uh, you know, Xavier Henner and Wesley Johnson, that one game against the Clippers. Bring them all back. <laughs> I think I wrote a whole poster in the Heights about that one game against the Clippers. <laughs> anyway, I think this is a good time to head to a break. We'll come back and talk about some other takeaways from this game, maybe some grander Lakers topics. And we're back. Uh, before we get into anything else, I do think we'd be remiss if we did not acknowledge that LeBron James hit 35,000 total points today against the Brooklyn Nets. And it's very funny because the last time you and I recorded, I believe LeBron hit a similarly impressive milestone. I want to say he passed Wilt Chamberlain in something. And you and I did not like mention it until the second half of the podcast because LeBron does things like this all the time. <laughs> and it just doesn't seem like uh, worth noting. Uh, I will say LeBron always seems to hit these really big scoring marks in games that the Lakers just get trucked in. Um, he passed Michael Jordan in scoring in a game that they lost to the Nuggets by 16. He passed Kobe Bryant in scoring in a game that they lost to the 76ers by a lot. And once again, he passes a big number in scoring and the Lakers lost by a lot to the Nets. So LeBron, hopefully there's not too many people left for you to pass because it keeps resulting in bad nights for the Lakers. You know what else also breaks my heart is I, I don't know the Lakers record in the blue uniforms, They're but so pretty. it seems like they always have a harder time winning in those. Every, every time I watch them play in the blue uniforms, I'm just like, ugh, we're going to lose. Mm. <laughs> it's rough. But um, yeah, I, I mean, LeBron's good. <laughs> that That's that's all I have. <laughs> He really is. He's something special. LeBron is uh, good. You know, it's it's better to have LeBron James on your team than not. I can say I that much. I would recommend it. I had Le- LeBron. I had LeBron James not on my team for God twenty years of my life, and you know, 
during that time, I was born in 1996. Kobe Bryant was drafted in 1996. So I'm not mm-hmm. feeling sorry for myself. I had a good run, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, those few years where I didn't have Kobe or LeBron on my team, ugh, I just felt <laughs> so bad for myself. And I'm so glad I uh, I have a superstar, two, two superstars on my team now. And uh, yeah, well, currently one. You know, yeah. <laughs> currently one. Anyway, uh, speaking of LeBron James, because I got to tell you, I'm kind of tired of this Nets game. Uh, the Lakers gave up too many threes. They didn't make enough right. threes. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, hopefully, Schroeder comes back soon and this contact racing resolves itself. If we miss a week of Dennis Schroeder, uh, the next podcast you and I record will be significantly more glum than this one. But <laughs> LeBron James was voted an all-star starter for the 18th. Is that right? No, 17th time. I'm sorry. This is his 18th season. So 17th time that he's been voted an all-star starter. He's the captain of the team. So there's going to be a team LeBron in the all-star game for the fourth straight year. Uh, he will be drafting his team yet again in a delightful televised special, although this time not against Giannis Antetokounmpo. This time the other drafter will be Kevin Durant. Uh, just just for funsies, uh, who would your first pick be if you were LeBron James drafting this all-star team? Ooh, uh, probably Wardell because ah. <laughs> I am I love that man so sure. much. He so- is basketball, instant basketball dopamine. If I'm... I'm not feeling if I'm feeling down in the dumps, I turn on a Steph Curry highlight video and he does, you know, all the shimmies and, you know, disgusting mouth guard stuff that he does. And I'm I'm back. I'm ready to go. OK, um, let's let's reframe that for a second. You're LeBron James. Who is LeBron James drafting with Ooh. the first pick? I, I don't know who's a free agent next summer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lakers not I, cap space. Let's make that clear. <laughs> doesn't matter. Players are gonna take bet. Luca's <laughs> Luca's <laughs> gonna take the bets minimum. Luca's getting a max extension this summer. Let's be clear. <laughs> no, I don't believe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I still think you go Curry. <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, God, who else? Who else would see if I'm LeBron? Take? I'm drafting Kawhi. Because he is actually a free agent coming up. <laughs> um, and, you know, worst comes to worst, he just leaves the Clippers, you know, instead of <laughs> staying there. And that's but the guy I also think the then you put Kevin Durant in this wonderfully entertaining position of having to choose between drafting Steph and not drafting Steph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is really funny. You know, the biggest winner in the all-star voting is not Jokic, who... If I'm not mistaken, is making his first start in the in the All Star game. I believe he um, is. It is Giannis Antetokounmpo because he was so 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 bad at it <laughs> at drafting. I a, a fantastic basketball player. It's a shame the Bucks aren't as good as they were last season because they were a lot of fun when they were. But good lord, Giannis! I I hope he never becomes a GM or a scout because I think last season it was like all chalk in terms of the conferences up until either the last pick or when I got to the reserves Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, Giannis buddy. All right. So I'm, I'm going to go to bat for Giannis here because I am a devoted all-star draft connoisseur. Uh, His (laughs) first year that he does the draft. Okay. LeBron gets the first pick. He takes Katie golden pick, right? Yes. Correct. Giannis takes Steph with his second pick. Again, you can't fault these picks here. 
Giannis gets screwed because he gets the first pick among the reserves and he has to take Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. Yeah, that yeah, leaves yeah. Anthony Davis available for LeBron James. And at that point we're, we're done. Like there's too much of a disparity between the two lineups. <laughs> I will say Giannis was incredible because he took Dwayne Wade. I'm sorry. He took uh, Ben Simmons and then knew that LeBron would need to trade back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... got to get the clutch guys together. Mm-hmm. Correct. And he if was you're... just boxed in by his own circumstances. I don't blame him for that. The deck was stacked against him. Like last last year was bad. I don't have it. I don't have I don't think you can make a defense for him last year. Speaking of clutch guys, That's... Charles Barkley made quite the uh statement today. I really thought this was heading in a tail and direction. So <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Um Charles Barkley made quite Charles the statement. Charles Barkley yes. About two clutch guys. <laughs> About two clutch guys that he he thinks Jordan Clarkson is more deserving of a place in the All Star game than Anthony Davis. And you see, the thing about that statement is, if Charles Barkley just said Jordan Clarkson deserves a spot in the All Star game, I'd say yes. You're you're Four a genius. I've always said this for the number one said, team in the league. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, Charles Barkley is a fantastic basketball mind. I've always said this. More and more people are saying this. But the fact that he added the last part, it just I couldn't I couldn't follow him down that path. I mean, you know, in in our hearts, in our poor broken hearts of the 2010 <laughs> Laker fandom, you know, Jordan Clarkson is an All Star. Like there is no denying that. Um, He's been so good. Just just a wonderful night. You know, he and Randall had. I think it was it Monday or Tuesday, and it's like, yeah, yeah, the Lakers scouting department freaking killed it, right? <laughs> These two guys over Anthony Davis like and then this is the same Charles Barkley who later in the program when EJ asked him like from a scale of one to ten how likely do you think a Lakers Nets finals is and he's like is Anthony Davis playing <laughs> like I mean if Jordan Clarkson were playing would that change anything <laughs> yeah I oh god who was it uh I think I was watching I wasn't watching first take that's a, I don't watch first take I was watching a clip from first take and Stephen A. Smith was talking about if the Lakers don't have Anthony Davis in the finals, they're not going to be able to beat the Nets. And I'm like, did I miss something? Is Anthony Davis out for the season? Do, do you guys know something I don't? Cause... I got to tell you, if the Lakers get to the finals, they're having Anthony Davis. They're not getting to the finals without <laughs> Anthony Davis. Yeah. I I love LeBron James. It's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> you don't believe in uh, Kyle Kuzma's resurgence? No, no I don't. <laughs> I, I love Kyle Kuzma. I think he got 10 rebounds today, did a really nice job creating his own shot, had some little baby hooks going, you know, the very traditional Kyle Kuzma shot and hit a couple of corner and corner adjacent threes. Very, very happy with Kyle Kuzma. I think he slots very nicely into that third, fourth role. That's it. Okay. You need the number two. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get a lot of stuff that I see on Twitter every day, but that, that stump of, of all the things going on in the world right now, for that to stop me in my tracks had to be truly special. It was, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of discourse around the Lakers, which uh, not a lot of it is fun. Anyway, uh, let's, let's get back to the Lakers for a second. You know, a couple more closing thoughts here. In Dennis Schroeder's absence, Vogel went with Wes Matthews in the starting lineup. And I am one of the people who at the start of the season, when we first acquired Schroeder and Matthews said, Hey, we should start KCP and Wes in the backcourt because it very closely mirrors KCP and Danny Green. 
Yes. You know, the Lakers seemingly had enough playmaking with just LeBron James in the starting five. You know, Anthony Davis can do a couple more things. And now you got Mark, right? I don't think we need another ball handler. And the, the lineups with Matthews have looked a little slow. Not quite right. Um, I don't think they lost because their starters didn't perform well today. They were doing just fine with the starting lineup in there, actually. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of like the Matthews fit. But for you, Christian, if Dennis Schroeder is forced to miss another game or additional games because of contact racing, do you think that this is the right play to put, start Matthews? Or how would you construct the starting lineup? Uh, that's, that is hard because I think I really like, in theory, the Taylor Horton Tucker Alex Caruso backcourt off the bench. Like if Talon is creating his own shots and those shots are going in, that's Not like the that dunk attempt that he had. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I gasped because I, I was certain that was going to go in. Um, and cer- I mean, apparently he was too. Not the point though. Um, but I mean, there's, there's just so much lineup data that suggests Alex Caruso and LeBron James are dynamite together. And, I don't know. I just feel like they're not on the court nearly as much as they should be like at all times. So I would never complain for an Alex Caruso, LeBron James um, starting lineup. Not that you play two guys. You need five guys. Sure. You guys around them. I don't care who <laughs> number suggested. doesn't You, matter. me and Marcus Ali. <laughs> that could uh, work. <laughs> but yeah, I think generally speaking, I, I don't have anything there's nothing wrong with Wes and KCP starting. I think they're fine. Obviously we have no idea what's going on with Schroeder yet. Um, I mean, given how late it was into the night and like right, right before the game, I mean, I I have to think it was like an inconclusive test, but I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up Caruso because the Lakers next game is against the Miami Heat. (laughs) <laughs> which Caruso famously has started against and done done quite well. Um, which so I think I'm on board with that. You seems know, seems to forget Alex Caruso, KCP, Kuzma, LeBron, Mark. That's a good lineup against Miami Heat. Uh, the Heat kind of suck recently. Um, I know they just beat the Kings tonight, but <laughs> everybody beats the Kings. It's not like a something <laughs> to write lately. home about. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the the Schroeder thing is is a real downer for the Lakers because he was one of the guys who I was hoping would step into an enhanced role with Anthony Davis out. And like you said, his presence defensively has been really important for the Lakers, but I was hoping he would find more of a groove offensively with this opportunity. And, and he was needs to be playing to find that opportunity. He's he looked good in the first game without AD. And, you know, he had said that like LeBron and AD had been pressuring him to be more aggressive. He finally had an opportunity to do that. And, yeah, let's hope it's nothing serious, obviously, for uh, his own personal safety, but, you know, also because I think he has a real opportunity to, to make an impact on on offense during this now seven-game stretch without AD. Hopefully, that's all it is. Yeah, hopefully, that's all it is. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to say about the Lakers going forward? All-star, you know. I don't think we're going to get any reserves. Congrats to Costas Atenacupo for getting the third most <laughs> fan votes out of the Lakers. So why we don't have, we shouldn't have drop down menus because, you know, it just leads to too many mistakes. <laughs> uh, no, I just like to remind everybody the Lakers won a championship. Mm, God, when was it? It's like five months ago. Let me ago. do the math. Three, four months ago. I don't know. 
and they're one of that was four months ago yeah god there was really no off season it feels like much longer than that and i mean would you look at where they are in the standings compared to the nuggets heat and celtics i i don't know call me crazy <laughs> but i think a team with lebron james and anthony davis is going to be fine need a few tweaks here and there but God, and anything short of Wayne Ellington or even <laughs> J.J. Redick. Buy out J.J. David Griffin. Let, I'm sure LeBron James would be able to brush all of that. You know, he doesn't care about winning any more stuff if if you just bought out J.J. a la James Jones and, <laughs> and um, let the Lakers. Gosh, I do love when James Jones used to just do solids for the Lakers. <laughs> Those were good times. Was it was it more than just the Tyson Chandler? I, I remember it being like a pattern of things that James Jones did, but I, maybe it was just Tyson Chandler. Yeah, I think uh, the hope was that James Jones was it would get us a Reza, Trevor Reza. Yeah. yeah, and then the Wizards were like, "We'll give you <laughs> Kelly Oubre." <laughs> Bunch of hey, that dummies. worked out pretty well, you know. Kelly Oubre turned into Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, okay. Yes, it worked out well for who? The Wizards. <laughs> the Wizards have. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just saying James There's... Jones made the right call. You know. <laughs> They're suffering enough. Good for James Jones. Um, yeah. Weird night for the Lakers. Didn't have a lot of fun watching that game, which... Uh, but we had fun. We had, and that's we all had a that great matters. time talking. Uh, that's why we call the show I Love Basketball, because it's a good time. <laughs> anyway, this has been an episode of the Silver Screen World Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your shows. I'm Serena Merchant. That was Christian Rivas. We hope you have a great weekend and we'll catch you later.